This is Jeff, and I need to tell you something before this episode begins, and that's that we know in an episode that's about gender in stand-up comedy, there's probably a place to address all of the sexual misconduct that's been reported on, and the Me Too movement and all of that, and particularly the admissions of guilt by Louis C.K. And we didn't do that. We made that choice to not cover any of that for a really good reason. And the reason that we made that choice is that it costs too much to repair my time machine. I just It's just not worth the cost because we recorded this before all that happened. So it's just, it's a money thing. Um, I, otherwise we would. In any case, I'll give you my hot take. This is what I think. I think, and you don't have to agree with me, that it's time to start the show! <laughs> Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Funny. We have another dancing guest. Yeah, we've only had two, but this is great. Funny. <laughs> so fun. Ready for it? Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. And and lip syncing. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk sets. All right, this is the comedy nerd cast called Let's Talk About Sets, where we explore the funky craft and questionable science of stand-up comedy. I am your tightly wound host, Jeff McBride. <laughs> And with me is my irritatingly charming co-host, Harrison Tweed. I wasn't listening. <laughs> you know, I was going to tell you good job right off the bat, Dude. and now I'm not. Dude, I'm, uh, I'm drawing pictures. Our guest today <laughs> is Carmen Legala. Please grace our listeners with the dulcet tones of your greeting. Ooh, dulcet. <laughs> dulcet. Mm, I like mm. your tones. <laughs> our theme today is Gender. In comedy. And our first clip, which we're going to get right into, is selected by Carmen. It is a bit by Lisa Traeger called Tiny Dicked Men from a 2017 <laughs> episode of Comedy Up Late. I love doing it. And this is like a thought I've been having recently. And like, I'm not saying we should do this. I'm not like 100% for it. But like, it is weird that women aren't meaner to men with tiny dicks. Right? Right? I mean... I'm not saying we should. I got quiet. Relax. Um, it's not happening now. Um, I just think it's weird with how judgmental dudes are about our body that we'll see a tiny dick and just be like, oh, it's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. You know, like, I think it's because women used to be meaner. I do. I think women used to be a lot meaner to dudes with tiny dicks. And then once Henry VIII chopped off that last wife's head, we were like, oh, yeah, no, size doesn't matter. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> It's weird. And the worst thing about it is it's our fault. Like, it's women's fault that tiny dicks exist. And you know that. It is. It's our fault. Because there's this thing called evolution. Stop having sex with tiny dicks. And there won't be any more. Right? <laughs> Isn't there, like, a saying? Survival of the biggest or something? Uh, and it's incredible. I mean, I wish it worked that way for women. It doesn't. And I think that's where gender inequality all come from. Because you guys can overcome your physical flaws and have sex with people you don't deserve. But as a woman, if dudes just want to have sex with you because you're hot, you need someone to react to you for that. And then do you give all of your power and control to dudes to give you value or not? I mean, it's really, it's really messed up. But it's true. I promise you. Like, who's seen sex in the city? 
Okay, fantastic. It's my favorite show. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's a show about four single women in their 30s, um, and they're living in New York. And I used to watch the show with my friends, and we'd get hammered, and we'd be like, we're sex in the city, who's who? And then you pick which one you are, right? So, like... You know, if you're a whore and you have cancer, you're a Samantha, you know? Um, <laughs> it's just like a fun, casual game like that. Um, <laughs> and yell it out. Who does nobody want to be? Miranda! 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 Miranda. All right. But I did mention that Samantha had full-blown cancer. <laughs> I did. Did any of you yell the woman with cancer? Oh, you picked the ugly one. Got it. Um, <laughs> red hair. I'd rather be chemo bald. <laughs> That's what our life is. That's what it is. We would rather have cancer than kind of have weird teeth and walk aggressively in overalls a couple times, you know? <laughs> and I understand it. I'm not, like, ignorant. I get that Miranda had her flaws, but, like, no, like none of us, like, no women want her life. And even though she went to Harvard, she was a partner in her law firm, she ran the marathon, but didn't tell anyone about it, you know, like, quietly ran it. Um, she was super rich, successful, fun, generous, really smart, married a dude who respected her, gave her good sex, they had a baby. She owned real estate. Miranda owned real estate in New York City. And not only that, she had a housekeeper. She had a housekeeper in New York. Like, when I meet someone with a washer and dryer, I'm like, you're a millionaire! <laughs> I can't believe it. I have no friends that wash clothing in their own home. This bitch had a housekeeper, and we're like, oh, we'll clean that up and go to radiation. Thank you. And that's what happens. And I'm not making it up. The HBO store knew it, and they used to sell T-shirts that would say, I'm a Carrie, I'm a Charlotte, I'm a Samantha. They didn't even sell I'm a Miranda. <laughs> There's going to be a surplus of shirts, and all those shirts will be sent off to Africa for kids in war torn countries to wear. And that's it. I promise you, if you go to Rwanda, just Miranda fans everywhere. Oh, that's quite a bit. It's fucking unbelievable. All right, Carmen, tell us why you picked the bit. Oh, gosh. If you don't mind. <laughs> well, it was really hard to pick, actually, Lisa Traeger bit, because she has so many that are like this. It, it kind of spans a lot of things. Uh, she just kind of takes on being a woman and just takes it on head first she'll just dive right in she doesn't she, when she's doing something subversive it's not she'll just like charge right into it she mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. uh she, she goes she, i mean like pulls so no many. punches yes right away right right she just like it's like boom here's the challenging premise good luck yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> which is mean it's mean to men with tiny tiny dicks okay yeah <laughs> Where yeah, are we yeah, now? yeah yeah <laughs> Which is like only a kernel of what the bit ends up being about. Right, yeah. But it's almost like polarizing so that it's like attention grabbing. It's like, now let me hear, like, right. hear this out. Right. Yes. There's right. so much to it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she goes everywhere with it. Right. And she, yeah, neutralizes a threat pretty early on, right? Where she says it's our fault, women's <laughs> fault for... Uh, sleeping with you and that's just like a fun uh -huh. angle because uh, tell me what yeah. you mean when you say neutralizes a threat um if there's anybody in the audience who's thinking like oh wow like who i don't know mm. if you have a tiny dick or if you're um or if you're like oh i don't know if you can say that yeah. uh then she's immediately turns it to something that's i guess against women in a way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Right, right, right. Well, I mean, if you can take something onto yourself or onto the group you're identifying with, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's not just an attack. Right. right. 
Yeah. I often describe that as uh, um, sliding yourself underneath the audience. Mm -hmm. If you can put yourself at a lower status, then you get the right to talk. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. And then because of that deft move, she's punching up instead of punching down. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and te- oh, we should find that. People could probably get it from context, but comedians talk about punching up and punching down, meaning yeah. like uh, every joke has a corpse. Uh, and uh, is that cor- <laughs> corpse have a higher status than you? Is it is it a is it a dead president? Easy, <laughs> simple. Is it um, yeah. it does that or is that some poor victim that now you're stepping on? Uh, right. Yeah. You picked this one in particular because of the way that she approaches this topic. But in particular, mm-hmm. how did you? Why did you pick it? Um, as it relates to gender i don't know she's like attacking men but she finds a way to make that work which Mm -hmm. is something that you don't see very Mm -hmm. often people usually make it pretty cute or they'll make it ironic and she just takes it head on Uh and then she goes so many different places with it you don't really have time to stop and be offended or feel threatened because by the time you do she's on to something else now she's talking about being a Miranda and how that relates to the, or like Henry the eighth. Um, yeah. Let's walk through that part. Yeah. I loved that part where yeah. she, she's like sized. I think women used to be meaner to men Yeah, and then <laughs> with tiny dicks, but they stopped. And then she just takes this, widely known historical fact that mm-hmm. Henry VIII killed all these, beheaded all these wives. Yep. And she re- recontextualizes that fact to mean, hey, a really tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good example. Yeah, that makes sense Fun. logistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, I went to visit, I went to the UK. I lived there for a little while while I was uh, studying abroad in college. And I went to a, a museum mm-hmm. where they had his suit of armor. They had, and he had this unbelievably large cod piece like, <laughs> and i remember thinking at the time like that probably the first person who made the made the first version probably got killed like i remember oh, thinking like you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. uh, like like off with his head yeah <laughs> and they're like yeah. oh yeah we need lots of room for that clearly like <laughs> yep. Yep. that's really funny <laughs> so okay so the the henry the eighth joke that was fantastic is mm-hmm. he uh, i think one of the things she does great there is she shows women to be a vi- victims in this scenario and she shows uh, a man perpetrating you know something horrible against women or against mm-hmm. a series of women so all of a sudden she gets some i don't know agency or authority to talk about what she wants to talk about yeah yeah she, do, she a lot of her bits will be about the threat of violence to women mm-hmm. but she'll find a way it, like instead of just being like guys stop being like stop raping women she'll just say you know she'll have some other joke that's built around it yeah so then she moved on into uh sex in the city right mm-hmm. um i don't know sex in the city for shit I, i'm not uh, i don't either and you don't have to know it to don't. get the joke that was yeah. the best i loved that explanation yep it's yeah. just like it's so, you it's just true. don't want to be her because she like has red hair, which is like, but because like, <laughs> she's yeah the she's not the fun most one, accomplished and then, person yeah. in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. And and she really heightens contrast too. Mm-hmm. She really builds it up. Mm-hmm. She goes. She went to Harvard. She's super successful. She owns real estate. She has a housekeeper. She's rich. She's fun. She's smart. So mm-hmm. on and so forth. All of these incredibly positive attributes. Mm-hmm. All to hammer in that you didn't want to be that. Yep. Because <laughs> she's coded as the ugly one, even though in real life, if she were walking the streets, you'd be like, Jesus, that woman's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But because she's in a foursome coded. on a series. Oh. Yeah. People are meant to understand her as the ugly one when she's 
I think. In the alternate reality <laughs> that is Sex in the City. Yeah, 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 yeah. God damn. <laughs> or is like the bummer friend. <laughs> and also, remember, she had cancer. <laughs> yeah. So she's going to die. Like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> yeah. such a great observation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part of this is that her, her, obser- her premises are truly, to my mind, um, original observations of a specific instance that demonstrate her wider point, which is something that we all kind of perceive and know, mm-hmm. um, namely that uh, that the that the gender <laughs> uh, that the gender roles are not fair. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole bigger picture is yeah. The women are valued for how they look, and meanwhile, like men can look like shit, or they can have small penises, mm-hmm. and they live on and thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they can overcome it with their personality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy, uh, and it's not really even the personality. It's like the power plus that they are status. Talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Status. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Status tends tends to be status mm-hmm. for for whatever reason. Um, I mean, everybody likes some of the status. Like it's that's that we're, we're wired mm-hmm. to do it. But you know, like yeah, it's it's, it's a pretty rare when a guy's like she's super hot, but she's a receptionist. Like, like you, yeah, don't, I don't, you don't, yeah, no, you don't hear that <laughs> so a lot, that, yeah. but you do hear the reverse. You yeah, know, you're like, you're like, he's he's super hot, but he's a he's a janitor. Yeah, like you'll hear that, right, right, because mm-hmm. it's a status thing. I don't really think it's a money thing. Um, no, yeah, you're right. It is a status, not a money thing. Yeah. Let's talk about the theme. Ooh, yeah. As I said, the theme today is gender. Uh, so calm waters. not fraught at all real easy peasy smooth sailing (laughs) i think and we're also talking about gender and expectation of gender on stage so Mm -hmm. like when a comedian that like a male comedian a female comedian get on stage uh there there is an expectation by the audience to for them to perform a certain way for them to have a certain point of view Mm -hmm. or to and to only condone behaviors by like uh uh, what based on what has been expected of that gender mm-hmm. like so that's why like a hack or a like a too much of a clubby comic uh, like stereotypically speaking is a one that just panders to that kind of like girls are like this and guys are like this men and, and women are different mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i don't know what you ladies are talking about over there and then like all guys like to fuck women no matter what yeah, yeah, it's just fucking crazy. Yeah, it's part of being a guy <laughs> in terms of gender in comedy and expectations what do you think the expectation is that people have when they see lisa traeger i don't know i've watched audiences that don't know her and it's interesting because i am crying actually crying laughing and it's hard and then i like step back and try to see how the audience is reacting and sometimes they're not reacting or they're Mm -hmm. just looking at her and Mm -hmm. they don't know what to make of it because it's nothing i think they've seen before Mm -hmm. um and they don't know whether to, because you know when people go out on dates too. A lot of people go on dates and they'll be yeah. with or like a group of whatever they're with. They don't uh-huh. usually go alone. And there's you mean your, to the show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're next to somebody, mm-hmm. and whether or not they laugh or how they're perceiving it is pretty big deal, right? Yeah. To you, right? And I don't know. I think if you're with a man and you're a woman or a man, there's a if you laugh. It's kind of seen as, I don't know. I think I'm How's putting a lot how? on how them, uh, maybe as like a weakness uh, um, or like a, like, why would you think this is funny? This mm-hmm. isn't uh, for us. I don't know, but I think it is. Well, I, don't I, mean, know. I think that's really interesting. I think in general, what we laugh at uh, often is telling. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's why. Uh, that's why comedy. I my one of my pet theories. That's why comedy clubs are a good comedy room is ill lit uh, because. Mm-hmm people feel more anonymous and yep. free to laugh yes. at the things that, that they find funny. Whereas a very well-lit comedy room, uh, psychologically, is a subtle psychological pressure to look around and see, is it okay for mm-hmm. me to laugh at this, Definitely. right? And and like that's why like corporate gigs are hard because yep. you're there with your freaking boss and your and your uh, and your coworkers and so the things that you laugh at uh, are going they might that people are probably going to judge you one way or another for that mm-hmm. and so the, you're you're kind of touching on that right yeah for sure um, and and with her in particular what do you think is weak what do you think is the I think maybe some men would feel threatened by it. Mm-hmm. And then women pick up on that. Women are going to be a little bit more, <laughs> to generalize, mm-hmm. uh, empathic to how men are feeling because it's how we've survived. And that's kind of what Lisa's bits are about <laughs> to some so degree. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I see that a lot where I don't you'll very, very infrequently see a woman laughing when a man is not laughing and they're together. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted you to bring this up because we talked about it a <laughs> yeah. little bit off oh. mic um, at the. Uh, like like at this table, but uh, you were talking about you, you when you're around a lot of men or just a few men mm-hmm. and they are laughing, you feel like a pressure to laugh. Is that what you were saying? Oh, I was saying that, yeah, I've been socialized to laugh at men, whether or not they're funny. Um, and yeah, I will be with friends and if it's a group of men, I just become uber aware Mm -hmm. of when I'm laughing and what I'm laughing at, or if it's one-on-one too. And then if they're not laughing at me and why, and so I internalize to myself, I'm not funny, Mm -hmm. but then when I'm laughing at something that they're saying, that's not funny, they're internalizing I'm funny. Yeah. So then that's sort of trickling down into their confidence about self-esteem and humor. So their sense of humor, it kind of all just ties in and uh that is uh so that is, that's so many programs running at once yeah yeah Sorry, i'm <laughs> all over so much overhead <laughs> yeah and i know we all do it like we all like are having a separate conversation in our head while we're having a conversation with somebody else mm-hmm. like it's like that's uh, th- those sort of subroutines are playing and you're saying that you feel mm-hmm. like you've been socialized to provide validation to men yes. via laughter. Yes, right, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. Thank you so much. I was going to say, because I need some validation right now, and I know I'm not saying anything funny, but if you would, please. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> but thank you for can... reading my body language, because never... I was starting to feel threatening. <laughs> that makes so much sense. That's just something I've never thought about. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah, well, I've tried it as a social experiment while I'll be talking one-on-one with a guy or, like, in a group, and yeah. if... if if you don't laugh at what they're saying, it becomes uncomfortable and nobody knows why yeah. you know why, because uh-huh. you're not laughing mm-hmm. at what's being said. Or if it's like even a mildly funny thing and you're not laughing, it's immediately so weird and uncomfortable and it feels threatening and that yeah. person doesn't like you as much. So there's another thing at play mm-hmm. here. I think, um, I've, I, because I'm nerdy, geeky, dorky, mm-hmm. uh, like over intellectual about a lot of things, I've read like like legitimate papers on uh, on humor, on the laughter response, both in animals and hu- and humans. Yeah, uh, like I, I'm really obsessed over this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, it's widely understood that laughter is 
Uh, it serves a number of purposes, but one of them is it's an indicator of safety. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's an indicator that everything is okay. Yes. And the majority, about 70 to 80% of laughter that you that people... So there was a, there was a really cool study where uh, they re- recorded laughter around a campus and they mm-hmm. tried to detect... And, and they... I can't remember who the researchers are, but they said they were trying to say, was anything funny said before this laughter? I've yeah, I've seen that study or the, whatever was written on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's by the guys who came up with the benign violation theory of humor. It's it's a try, they tried to make it a unifying theory. It's clearly flawed, but it's an interesting yeah. perspective, which is that laughter is uh, a response to a perception of a violation of some sort. Then you find out it's benign. Mm-hmm. So benign violation. And you, you're like, oh, shit, uh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't include that also laughter also is a way of just saying, ha, 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 ha. It's nice to see you. We haven't seen each other for a little while. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> Even people write it in freaking text. LOL. Like it's nothing yeah. to do. Like you're, you're saying everything's cool. It's OK. I like you. I, I'm, I feel comfortable with you. Yeah. And so when you stop. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, it gets weird yeah. and no one knows why. I want to yeah. watch you do it. It's I uh, want to see you it do makes it. It makes me so uncomfortable. I can't do it for long. I have to then kind of apologize even and be like, sorry, I was thinking about something else because I don't want that person to not like me anymore. Yeah, right, right. It's, yeah. (laughs) Wait, you need to be liked and you're Canadian? That's really really weird. Well, stop liking you. They won't know why. Yeah. Do you find yourself fighting that a lot or do you just find Uh, it so involuntary? It depends. I don't don't fight it very much because then I wouldn't have many, I don't know, I wouldn't be doing as well. Uh-huh. As I'm doing, I don't think. I think people find it very. Even if I bring up something like that in a situation, people are like, "Okay, shut up. This is not fun. You're not. You're being a Miranda right now." They would never say that, but it's you become a Miranda where you're like, "Hey, <laughs> okay, I don't know." Uh, wait, uh, what do you? I don't think I get it. What is a Miranda? Just like the killjoy of the group. Mm. The she's not having wild, crazy unprotected or prote- i don't know what the samantha character is doing but she's like the sex one <laughs> yeah. Fun. before my we were talking about how carlin does this kind of performance as a stand-up that that isn't really even stand-up he you just know him as a stand-up so like you'll mm-hmm. just kind of take it from him kind of because he's so um incredibly transcendent as a performer mm-hmm. she kind of has a little bit of this carlin like mm. it's she's so funny mm-hmm. but she's not like dressing things as bits really she's kind of just saying what she thinks yeah she, she peppers like she's in a just joke here or there talking. just to be like oh yeah i should probably make them laugh now <laughs> <laughs> but i don't like think the motion of the ocean one or uh the what what is it like it, yeah, it does sound like she's just talking to you yeah. on a subway or out in public. But those are the the lines. She has these like little jokey lines. And I think the, mm-hmm. but the times I'm actually laughing the hardest are like when she's like realized something mm-hmm. out of like the, the Miranda, the Miranda thing shirt. and the Miranda shirts oh, being in, so great. <laughs> in like yes. that's poor the countries. That's yep. It's so fucking incredible. I don't. It's, I'm not sure. This that was a really hard, not a really hard sell as a premise. I've seen that premise kind of yep. a similar premise done, and it's kind of just like it's like ah, men with small dicks like uh, hate us, and that's what, and they, it's because they have small dicks that they're like mm-hmm. an asshole to us. I've seen that like as a concept like I, for a lot of my life, mm-hmm. but to like get into the like history of it and to like explain it in this uh, very like. Uh, like she really goes into great detail and uses like so many examples of mm-hmm. like uh, 
I don't know. I was just so impressed. Clearly showing this is what it means in our culture to be a woman. This is what it means in our mm-hmm. culture to be a man. These are the valuable assets yeah. uh, yep. that people aspire to. And these are the things that they don't care about in comparison to them. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather, you know, have cancer, uh, full-blown cancer than be have... Be be have ugly, have red hair, um, uh, weird teeth, overalls, whatever. Like it, <laughs> yeah, it, wear it, overalls it was, twice a year. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Like, it's so good. Gender typically uh, tends to be gender humor tends to be from a man's perspective in comedy, uh, and that and that that that's changing. And it and it is pissing men off, right? Like there are men who are like freaking out online at Amy Schumer <laughs> yeah. and yeah. probably at her. I imagine she oh, gets yeah. some nasty ma- messages. She does. I don't think she gives a shit though. She's, Good. <laughs> she's so chill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is. It is. It's. It's challenging for for some insecure men yeah. to yeah. hear that strong perspective. Right. Uh, how do you do you experience that in your own uh, in your own comedy? Um, I actually, I don't get any trolls or anything like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if they can sense that it wouldn't bother me. I just wouldn't, uh, it m- probably would have a few years ago, but I don't, um, no, I've gotten the kind of a couple of the typical, oh, you're funny for a woman. And I usually don't find women funny things, but even <laughs> that just I'm like, like an audience member at a show. Yeah. yeah. But then I, yeah, you can just counter that by just being like, well, what female comedians have you seen? And they're like, you, Seinfeld all right uh, then you don't yeah you just don't understand yeah. what this is and that's that's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whatever and yet, and yet and yet like um I think uh this topic of of playing around with uh, gender expectations is also one of the best Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, you there are so many good bits about men are like this, women are like that. That's why it's hack almost mm-hmm. as a topic, mm-hmm. because um, because gender roles are relatively clear in a lot of places in the country, uh, in our in our culture. Mm-hmm. But then you go to other places and they're a little bit different, and showing how they're different and showing the the uh, different examples of what a man is or what a woman could be or in everything in between it's it challenges people in Mm -hmm. a really difficult way it's almost taboo to break those gender roles Mm -hmm. um and i and one of the gender roles that the this is the whole point i'm getting to one of the gender roles that being a female comedian seems like is that you are expressing a strong opinion Mm -hmm. and women are socialized unfortunately in our culture i think to not do that oh yeah I would agree. Now that I've mansplained the shit out of that, one, <laughs> out of your situation, to you. <laughs> see, unwoke. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, that definitely resonates. Yeah. Okay, great. We solved that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Wait, I had a weird question. Um, there was a point because you you talked about uh, this is another off mic, but uh, mm-hmm. we talked about how when you get on stage, um, mm-hmm. sometimes it, you, like people you'll feel people laughing at your like sex material and then like yeah. when you try to get into the, the other stuff that you like like you're like excited about they mm-hmm. won't give it enough or they're it, they feel like they're less excited to hear you talk about it mm-hmm. yeah so can you talk about that a little bit and mm-hmm. then i have a follow-up question sure <laughs> yeah yeah because for a while i was pretty resentful because it felt like only my sex material was hitting as hard as it was and then mm-hmm. everything else wasn't hitting as hard as that mm-hmm. um because so I talk about a lot of stuff, but it seems like if I felt 
like I needed to get them back or I needed a safe closer. Yeah. I just always fall back on something that has to do with sex. Mm-hmm. I think people expect it from women. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know <laughs> why, uh, maybe from men shows? and women. I think it's like a common thing for people to think comedians are going to take it apart. And it is mm-hmm. partially, there's just a lot of tension built up in our culture mm-hmm. around sex. So of course it's going to be a topic I mean, te- that works sex right in and now. Of itself is tension and release. Right. Yeah. Form equals content. <laughs> yeah. People, and even me, I love bits about sex. I'm not even mm-hmm. saying like, don't do them, but I was getting resentful that that was what was working. And I started to kind of think, Hey, are people only wanting to hear me talk about sex and not other things that I have just equally as good or maybe better takes on, uh-huh. but it's not about uh, fucking or whatever. I don't know. Why did that frustrate you? I don't Because I don't, cause I don't know. It's like you had like other thoughts, even though you're a woman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to be like, can I just talk about technology for a while? And they're yeah. like, well, well, we're not going to laugh as hard as when you talk about, uh, what do I talk about? <laughs> Come? Yeah. We'll hear that later. But I guess even those bits aren't, I'm sort of taking down something. And, you know, instead of saying like, <laughs> women are stupid, it's more, I don't know. I'm more of the, like, these things about men are dumb and women should deserve more, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I was wondering, because there was a time you, it was for, it was for a show initially, you like shaved your head on stage. basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then when you performed, you said, did you feel like you could do more material and be taken less as it, since it's like there was like a stereotype that you might be like gay or whatever yeah. if you have short oh, yeah. hair? I got hit so on. So they're like, maybe they're not looking for the like, what happens when dicks and pussies collide material. Right. They were like, maybe like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what yeah. she's about. And it was, it's really hard to tell. I can't put that on an audience, but you, you, and I'm like, what am am I making this up? I have no idea, but it did feel like, uh, I would not know at the end of a set when I had a shaved head, whether or not I had done gendered like material where I I said what my sexuality, sexual preferences were. Mm -hmm. But then like after the show, if I was hit on by a woman, I was like, oh wait, I'd never made it clear that I have a boyfriend and that I'm not necessarily interested in a woman right now kind of a thing yeah by changing your appearance to have have short hair you're saying you're you're playing with one of the primary markers of gender Mm -hmm. not of a female but of a woman right right because in our culture in a lot of cultures it's long hair yeah and so then one of the things that lesbians have done to differentiate themselves is to have short hair Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that Mm-hmm. but it is an indicator that's common, right? Mm-hmm. So like by not displaying this common woman marker, you then spill over into a different expectation of what your sexuality would be. Right. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. She got some mad pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing comedy for like, it's about to be five years. Mm-hmm. And I remember, it's funny that this, I've had this bit for this long. I had a joke about uh, where I end up uh, giving Hitler a blowjob, but that's that. <laughs> there's other. Yeah, I'm Jewish. It's like a thing. Um, but I remember when I first did a, that, the guy running the show, he came up to me. He was like, "You're really funny, but um, no one want like in black rooms. No one wants to hear that gay shit on stage." <laughs> and so I was like, and I was like, I was like, oh, weird. And he and then. Like fast forward like 
you know, like this last year, I did that room and someone bombed really hard for transphobia. And I was like, fuck yeah. That's yeah. like a huge adjustment. Yeah. That's enormous. Yes. Because he was just like, I don't get like trans people. And then it was just like crowd lost. Yeah. Just absolutely like drunk, ready to have a good time. No, fuck you. You're yep. done. You're get off the stage. Yeah. We don't appreciate your bullshit. I mean, that's 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 fascinating. And I, and I think one of the interesting things is that like anything, um, anything homosexual related, anything trans related, any of that, it challenges what it means to be a man. Yeah. In the traditional um, sense in American culture and in, in, well, in a variety of different subcultures, mm-hmm. it really is challenging. And so like you're playing when you're playing with that yeah. a little bit, that's like, whoa. Now, but isn't that such a huge adjustment? So cool. Because, I, I, it's, crazy. it's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and people find, I think I just, I've found that people, when you do comedy that relates to people's gender and I do a decent amount, um, uh, it, people get triggered. Mm. Like, it's such mm-hmm. a big deal. It's mm-hmm. like you're because it's really easy for somebody who's never had to question their who's who's just been steeped in the identity they were given. You're not only male; you have an X and a Y chromosome. You're also a man, and here are all the things you have to do to be a man. Mm. You have to you have to be strong. You have to be opinionated. You need to be confident. You need to so on and so Assertive. forth. You need you need to you mm-hmm. need to never be attracted to another man. You need to like <laughs> it's so on and so forth. There's mm-hmm. all these rules, and you're constantly proving yourself as a man. Mm. And so then when you bring it up in a, as a joke on stage, then they're like, I have to prove myself as a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been told my whole life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's part of what that reaction is. It's cool that that wasn't there. Yeah. And also, this is Annette. again. We talked about this before. That I have a bit about, like, like if you have a, if you can find the clitoris, you, it should be a disable. It's a, it should be a disability. And when men react to it, they react with this prickliness. That's like, no, we're not supposed to be criticized from that from our own, like, kind. Basically, you're uh, a man. You should. They want a woman pretend to say you can't want. find it. Like it's like okay. Or like kind of like edgy if a woman like talks about like this guy couldn't find my clit and then like, oh, like yeah. women love it and then the oh, boyfriends yeah. are often like, eh, yeah, sometimes I have trouble. Yeah, men hate laugh. when men call out other men. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's just so interesting. It's, I, I just find men, men it's, it's weird because we talked about when the Dave Lester episode, uh, the uh, hecklers being like drunk women a lot of times at comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. But then there's like bad audiences that are just non non-responsive are often steered by drunk men who mm. are just frustrated and don't want to laugh because it's like a pretty overly compensating male a uh, masculine person who wants to sit and and be angry about um someone <laughs> talking about uh <laughs> them not being able to please a woman <laughs> Second clip. So this is also Lisa Traeger. This is from her 2017 opening night comedy all-stars super show. Anything you want to say about it before we hit it? Uh, I can't remember which one it is. Okay, <laughs> right off right, the top right. of my head. So this is so all right. So Carmen Lagala cannot remember <laughs> who this is. Um, she picked it. And oh, I remember. She's about to be surprised. I remember. I remember. <laughs> I take that back. Carmen remembers which which clip this is. <laughs> 
not embarrassed. I feel like we all do desperate, weird things to get laid, right? Everybody. Like, no one likes to hear an acoustic guitar, but you listen. You know what I mean? <laughs> you give a compliment. Um, so yeah, so I was in this Uber. So basically to stay safe, but also have sex with this hot guy, what I did was I took a bunch of screenshots of his face and I sent that to all my friends. And then I texted all my friends his address. And then when I got to his house, he offered me a drink. I made him drink from it first. And then like the whole time we were hooking up, I was just making sure to get DNA under my fingernails, you know? <laughs> Casually, he didn't even notice. He was like, damn, you're kinky. I'm like, oh no, if you murder me, there will be justice. <laughs> All your DNA. Okay. Uh, I was just walking around the apartment dropping hair everywhere for evidence. Just like, oh my God, this place is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, is this your toaster? Fingerprints. Uh, <laughs> like the glass, everything. But it was worth it. I had so much fun. Thanks, you guys. Uh, so good. <laughs> That's really great. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. All right. Uh, why'd you pick that one that you don't remember? <laughs> Um, again, she brings up, uh, the threat of violence towards women and in such a, like a fun, playful way. Uh, mm -hmm, yeah. it's something that, because it's cause, fun. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah <laughs> things that men might not necessarily, their experience is going to be different in a hookup. Mm. And this is, uh, yeah. What's it like for a woman? What's inside her head? Like, of course she wants to get laid just as much as a man does. Mm -hmm. Our sexuality is just as high. And then. Mm. Yeah, but we have this added thing of like, okay, how do we not get murdered tonight, though, also? <laughs> like, we want to both come and not die. Yeah. And want, there's a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> I want, well, I, wait, there's like a lot in that sentence. <laughs> hey, come, not die, there's a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think the reason she's able, it doesn't feel like... It, she Well, it's tone, like silly. And a lot of it's tone. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's just because you know she's safe. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, she sure. is safe. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she made it. Like she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, like, she came and she lived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she can uh, talk about the balls that were. And there. also, <laughs> just like the pre even before she gets there, it's like kind of I don't. Oh God, that's I saw her do that live at the Knitting Factory in in Williamsburg, and it was. I think it's like a, there's a longer version of that story. Oh she yeah, does. yeah. But just I, like I wish we you could watch this podcast because like the way she's using like w when she's like throwing her hair yes. around and yeah stuff, it is a physical bit it's such a funny physical bit yeah um, but i i love that yeah i've never thought about that i mean i thought about what girls go uh, think about when they're like thinking about the safety of like a tinder date or whatever bumble mm -hmm. date or whatever but um to hear the actual like i know that's not <laughs> that's like a, a, a specific person's but like the lengths at which some people would go to just like make sure their safety is the number one thing, mm -hmm. number one priority, is like really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And to have to and kind of sad, yeah, it's that's, that's a really sad reality. Yeah, too. that's yeah. what's under it. Is it yes. to have to? Yep. She's 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 rubbing everybody's nose in the reality that the biggest threat to women is men mm -hmm. um, by mm -hmm. by far. Mm -hmm. It's not you know it's not grizzly bears anymore. Or whatever. Yep. She starts off so light too. We do desperate things to get laid. Yep. Hey, no one wants to hear acoustic guitar, <laughs> but you'll laugh and say, "Oh, it's so great!" Yeah, <laughs> she starts it off so light, yeah. and then she ramps it up. She she really um, es heightens that tension that or not tension. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the taboo nature of what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. 
And is that like even just yeah, the setup is something that's usually attributed to men is the whole thing of like we'll do anything to get laid. We just want to get laid. Right. We'll yeah. listen to your bullshit right. story or whatever. Uh-huh. And she's like, no, we're doing the exact same thing. Also, uh-huh. not yeah. that into you or your guitar. Just yeah. want to get fucked right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Also, uh, there's an interesting like angle on that too, which is men are like, man, I really put up with your boring with being bored and they're like we put up with um maybe like possibly uh, uh murdered. getting murdered and, uh, yeah so yeah. Um, uh, wow it's got to be tough to be that bored <laughs> <laughs> it's so fascinating uh and this kind of perspective i think is one of my it's one of my favorite things about stand-up is that this isn't something that a lot of people are going to want to look at why it's not fun to look at this it's not it's not it's not, it's not comfortable to look at this but because she's able to make it as funny as she is mm-hmm. here we are actually dealing with a sad truth about the uh, entire history of men and women mm-hmm. uh, i mean i i don't know I, I don't know what dating was like uh, as cavemen <laughs> but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing with that rock oh nothing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it kind of, it also like just my experience as a woman in like, I think about this a lot where I'm like walking home from the train, mm-hmm. uh, where I will, I'll ask uh, my boyfriend, Sam, like what he thinks about it. He's like, I think about bits. I, I think about like how bits work. I'll listen to my bits. And I'm like, oh, I have like an earphone in, but there's nothing playing. And I can kind of think about my bits, but I'm mostly thinking about that guy behind me. Oh. What is he doing right now? So there's like a lot more time mentally that men can put into their bits mm-hmm. that women are actually worrying about surviving That's or like just how crazy. to be in a situation. And yeah. Uh, so when people are like, oh, women aren't as funny. I'm like, even, even if that were like true, which it's not, uh, we have so much less time that we're able to spend on it. That's so crazy. Cause we're busy. <laughs> and when you're on stage, don't you, I I've heard, like, I've talked to women that have said like, I, when I'm on stage, sometimes like I'll get hung up on how weird a guy is that's in the audience. Oh yeah. And I get worried about what he's thinking of me while I'm doing, not like in a yes. comedy way in like a sexual or like aggressive Ooh, or like, yeah. like I have my eye on this fucking weirdo. Yep. And I just need to keep my mind right when I get off this stage and it's yeah. like affecting the way I'm performing my material. Right yes. Now. But I'm also doing yeah. this act out about being a dove. So like <laughs> it just doesn't. Oh, make- yeah. Yeah. I've been at shows where they're, I, I block these experiences out because they're not fun and I don't care. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll have like I've had shows where I've had men in the audience and then their eyes, if you make eye contact with them, they make sure that you see them looking at your whole body and like in a sexual way. Wait, wait, wait. They make sure you look at. Wait. Say yeah. I <laughs> forgot about this. Yeah. I had a show where like there were guys in the audience. There were only a couple of them. So I was oh. like, who am I going to make eye contact with? Nobody. Yeah. I made eye contact with them for a second. They made sure that I saw them then checking out my whole body, like where their eyes went. Cause the, I can look away, but we both know yeah. that I know that they want to fuck me or kill fuck. I don't know what, what they, you know. What a very specific heckle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still heckling. They didn't say a word and they heckled you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh man. That's so great. Then you have to, yeah, I've gotten better at just the mental game of blocking that out or blocking out the one or two people in the, maybe they're in the front row that you can see that are not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It helps to watch other, this is off topic, but it helps to watch other people's specials and see that nobody's immune from it. There's always somebody in the front row that's not laughing. Right. No matter who yeah. you are and how funny you are, those people are there. And mm-hmm. that's, part of it it's like you have these these twin struggles it seems like Mm -hmm. um 
I'm trying to understand. Like, it, you, there's the one where you have the animosity from insecure yes. men yep. uh, who are sitting there, like, not appreciating that a woman is talking about her perspective. Right. Right. And being funny, which is also slightly intimidating to some men, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, as they're defending their masculinity <laughs> in this weird, <laughs> insecure way. And then you have the flip side, which is the overconfident man who thinks that he has every right to uh, sit there and heckle you with his leering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the privilege that I enjoy to be utterly unaware of all of those things all the time. <laughs> I never like just walking home, like the privilege I have of being unaware of my surroundings as I work on my yeah. material. Yeah. Oh my God. It's <laughs> uh, just crazy. Well, all right. Uh, I have to go have a long journal entry to write. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. Carmen is a Brooklyn-based stand-up comic and sketch comedian. She is a Vermont native. Vermont Comedy Club is her home club, but she performs at clubs and alternative venues all over New York. Carmen was featured in the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in 2016. She also performs in the sketch group All Female Reboot, and she's a regular opener for Hurry Kundabolu, mm-hmm. who's been on Letterman, Conan, Kimmel, Comedy Central, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, welcome to the show, yeah, Carmen. Yeah, thank you so much for it's, having me. It's so great to have you, even though you're a woman. <laughs> so wonderful. Despite all this, yeah. all these so, organs. One of the questions I like to ask is just, it's so simple, but I always, sometimes you get something really interesting. Um, and don't, no pressure. I don't expect anything interesting out of you. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> so why, why stand up? Why stand up? Yeah. What's it mean to you? I've I have watched comedy my whole life, uh-huh. and I've just loved it so much. And, I, and it didn't occur to me that that was something that I could do until later. <laughs> all was, of us, yeah, we're all like, yeah, Wait, it's a what job? is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy. And even then, I was always afraid to speak up in classrooms, even. So it was a very odd move for me. So. I yeah, I would have to go after class and get extra credit. So even coming out of the stage fright side of it is something that I still struggle with. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's gotten so much better, especially in the last year. I've made huge strides. But mm-hmm. um, what do you think the difference is? Oh, doing it every single night. Yeah. You just kind of yeah, like, what do you fear the most? Mm-hmm. Then do that every night for right, seven right. years, yeah. and you'll start to not feel that way. But mm-hmm. this is—I couldn't have conceived that I would be doing this. If, uh, if college me could see me, she'd be like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she'd be blown away. I had to. I had to go after class and talk to professors so that if I could get you could see credit you, for be like, participation. What? Yeah. Well, Time travel is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> also, stand up. <laughs> That's how cool God. That's me in the past. I'm like, I don't remember sounding like that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Wait, where? Uh, what age were you when you started stand up? 25. 25. Yeah, late. late there bloomer. wasn't a ton in Vermont at so the time. You've been doing it for 33 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a long journey. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so you started, you started your, your early 20s. That's, that's 
Fantastic. That is mid twenties. Mid twenties. That's literally mid. What did I? That is the middle of twenties. Did I just get lost in my own joke? And not <laughs> <this>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> early. So you started when you were twelve. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> your stand-up must. Have, this is a weird expectation to have, mm-hmm. um, and it's not based on your gender, which so it's off topic. But <laughs> what? Must have been we're basing funnier. this whole show on her gender. You must have been funnier than most people when you started because you had lived a little bit of a life. Yes. Yeah. I think that's important. I have to remind myself of that every. Every time I see like a 20 year old crushing yeah. it, I'm like, no, I have, I have things to say. Fuck you. I have stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have journal entries. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I would have been garbage as a comic in my early twenties. I think mm-hmm. I was, I mm-hmm. truly like, I, I think I wrote out some stuff when I was in college. Cause I was like, I'm going to try stand up. I wanted yeah. to try it. I wrote out stuff five years before too. I, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I look back and I'm like, Oof. what Oof. is this? It's yeah. mostly like, what if spiders could talk? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want that talk. bit out of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when the spiders having a conversation. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, Wow, that's crazy. I I was bad at stand up when I started when I was twenty one, mm-hmm. like really bad. Like Nothing's I can't changed, watch the tip. Hey, this is oh, a joke. Hey, that's a joke at my expense, dude. That's not fair. I never oh, man, do that. I, don't I never do that. Do that. Oh, God. Um, um, and then I started again at at like twenty four, twenty five. Mm-hmm. Like I, re- I I took a break in between. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm way better now just because I'm not a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm not sucking off the Mm. teat. Yeah. I legit, I remember turning 26 and being like, oh, I'm so much less shitty than I was. And each Mm -hmm. year after that, you're a little less shitty, but there is a shift in the mid Mm twenties, mid to late twenties. Yeah. I agree. I mean, well, ideally. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've met a few people in the scene where I'm like, how are you 40? Mm. How are you 35? Mm -hmm. Like, Wow, mm-hmm. you haven't you haven't turned that corner yet. Like, yep. which comics are you talking? You're the about? worst no, Peter Pan ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is really crazy. Um, wait, so what? Who was your biggest influence growing up? Um, or maybe not even influence. Favorite comic that you saw growing up? Uh, I started out with my first comic that I saw was Mitch Hedberg. I didn't see him live. Somebody gave me a CD of his in high school. Cool. I mm-hmm. had I had been watching a lot of old-timey comedies with my dad that was a big thing me and my dad would watch comedies that's so cool what a great like what a great thing to connect on yeah 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 so yeah a lot of sense of humor start came i think with him and also just family like i was always like the one i think you relieve a lot of tension if there's any of her yeah like my family life was pretty fine make her make her laugh but yeah 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 Yeah. making my family laugh is like a big deal to me Mm -hmm. um so, cause life is hard and why not? Yeah. Be like, but it's also really stupid. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where I come from with that. Watch a lot of like Laurel and Hardy, like really old stuff wow. with my dad. Um, yeah. That's why you had that. That's almost like encyclopedic out of you, out of your head, out of the box knowledge of older comedy when we were discussing the podcast up front. No, I had to look into that more. <laughs> you were taught, you were like on the fly in a Facebook thread. Oh, I don't. I thought it was probably Googling. I know things. you can't remember anything that you say. Yeah. <laughs> which you've expressed. <laughs> but I remember it going, wow, this is like, I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah, you do like vaudevillian. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I read a lot. Sometimes I can't reference it unless I look it up and have it written down. But yeah, I I read a ton of things yeah. and then I just remember things and then people are like, where's that from? And I'm like, I don't know, but I know it's true. <laughs> Got ourselves a reader. <laughs> Got ourselves a reader. Uh, all right. I got, this is my favorite question to ask and uh, I, I give all credit to Harrison for coming up with it. Mm. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm actually being nice. I know you can't tell, but like, did did you have a mentor or anybody anybody in, that that gave you a tip or said something to you that made all the difference in comedy for you? No, <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say that. Actually, I think in the last year, I've had more people helping me than ever before. Um, so no, it's been like, I haven't had like one person. I'm like this person. Maybe yes. Not, maybe not a mentor, but yeah. was there anything you, you stood heard? out? Maybe on You're a podcast. You're butchering my beautifully say it, articulated say it. You do it. You do it. Uh-huh. What? What? <laughs> it's, it doesn't have to be like a mentor, but just like there, it, it's almost like mom, like a moment. Mm-hmm. Like someone said something, an older comic or maybe just a more experienced comic just said something new. Maybe it's in passing. Maybe it was in this statement or maybe mm-hmm. they performed something a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it was just like you were like, oh, my fucking God, I never realized you could just do stand up like this. I mm. didn't realize you uh, you could approach stand up like this, uh, like this. Uh, um, mm-hmm. A good example is Camille Theobald had like there was a, a bit of information from Seton Smith that was like, don't say anything on stage the way you wouldn't say it in a regular conversation. That's I was just going to say that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. that's the thing. Yeah. As you're yeah. saying that, I was like, I hope he's not about to say that because I'll say that. I've definitely read that and I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you can make it sound like a conversation that you're having with some, sometimes when I was writing, I would pretend I was talking to my friends from back home who I really connected with uh, comedically. And oh, I just felt just... like I was funniest around them because there are some people I'm right. not funny around. Were they right? stand-ups? Yeah. Uh, no, no. This is we just were high talking... school buds. Isn't that we were talking about? Yeah. I bet you feel this way. Oh yeah. When a joke re- or when material's really working, it feels like you're like just talking to your friends from back home that mm-hmm. are not comedians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like those like the mm-hmm. people that like made your sense of humor what it is just yeah. because of like yep. yeah. You're comfortable around them. You can be candid around them, uh-huh. and they give you permission to be funny. And they fucking get huge. you. Yeah. It helps <laughs> that you have, they have the entire backdrop of who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you can do what's essentially like uh, what makes a great sitcom work over time is like you're like, oh, you got to give it some time to get to know the characters, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it starts to get funny mm-hmm. because yeah. you get the characters. Mm-hmm. They get your character. Yeah, they already know. You don't have to set shit up. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like that's that's one of the things you have to do in stand up. You have yep. to set your character up every time, yeah. over yep. and over again, and yeah. do it funny and yeah. do it fast. <laughs> <laughs> so much. That's like a big audience that's warm. There's such a difference in like my performance and anybody's performance. That's like the same thing. I feel like you're either performing mm-hmm. in front of like your friend and they get you, and that's when you do your best and you come up with new lines. Mm-hmm. And then you have these cold audiences who don't care, and that's when you're yeah. kind of just saying it and trying out new lines and hoping that just speaking it out loud is helping. So I did this thing called Landmark where it's basically like integrity training. And uh, uh, it, it is. Uh, and, you train for everything. Uh, yes, I do. It's, it's, it's hyper intellectualized every single thing. So yeah. they had this. They had us do this exercise where they said, "Okay, what is the thing you're most passionate about? You can talk about forever. Great. Uh, now I want you to t- talk extemporaneously That's about not the this word. passion. I'm Sorry. Uh, uh, talk right now and tell this person why it matters, why you love it, what, what it means to you in your life, the thing mm-hmm. you're absolutely the most passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you love the most? Now, the other person, their job is to not pay attention, right? Like, like, like be on their phone and uh, see what happens. Uh, and it was so difficult. Uh, I'm sitting there trying to talk about stand-up, which I can do endlessly. Yep. And I'm like, because the yeah. person just they're on their phone they're looking around they're sort of oh, okay <laughs> <That's great. laughs> looking Gosh. away from me it was and it, it taught me that 
that how you're listened to uh-huh. is a is super impactful. Yes. And changes everything. And yep. and that's why like with stand up you have to have such strength of will yep. to overcome shitty listening. Yep. And make them come around, and then once they're a hot audience, then if your will is strong enough and you're confident enough, and then they come on board, then all of a sudden they're listening. They're yes. they're, they're listening correctly. Yep. And, and 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 I don't think audiences recognize. Oh God, no. That they the the role they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They feel they're like, well, I'm just a passenger in this plane. Like, no, you're the fuel. Yep. Yeah. I'm the pilot. Yep. Brian <laughs> yeah. Regan calls it like yeah, the yeah. instrument. You're like playing them like a guitar. It's yeah. just like you're you need them. Yeah. You need to like fiddle with yes. them yeah. specifically. Yep. So that's another thing about Carmen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's move on to some of your material. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You ready? All right. You ready? Okay. All right. So uh what's what what would you call this? This clip is something that I this is one of my earliest bits that I maybe wrote in the first two years of doing comedy, three years, mm-hmm. that I've kept and tinkered with forever. Mm-hmm. And the premise is almost hack, but I almost don't believe that just because it was it's about men's versus women's magazines mm. uh, because that was such a huge part of my upbringing and my sexual understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I go into was a bit. Cosmo and Penthouse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, just. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Dog sorry. Star. I was trying to think of like a funny. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so sorry. I'm like Cat's World. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> So, and then I go into something about, um, cum. <laughs> I love jokes about cum. I right. think they're so fun. They are Great. so fun. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Let's do Get it. The word out. Let's do it. Jesus right. Christ. Ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. This is Carmen Legala, Poco.m4a. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of the file. All right. What are we doing? Everyone knows how to suck a dick. Not a lot of people doing a great job the other way around. We get too much. There's too much for guys and nothing for girls. Every, like, I, I grew up on Cosmo and that magazine will just everything, everything. They're just like, have you tried humming on those balls? That's real. It's real. And it said, use a lower register. It sends more vibrations. It's more pleasurable. I'm like, no. I don't. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you doing Nobody Knows the Troubles? Yes. Because <laughs> you think that, like, Maxim, they'd, like, come out with something, but they got nothing. You go into a Maxim, and they're like, this is going to be important. You want cufflinks, and you're going to want to know the parts of a cow. <laughs> to grill, this is the cuts of meat, which is bullshit. I hate that. Like, you can't find the clitoris, but you're like, that is a brisket. <laughs> Fucking cows, probably. <laughs> yeah. I just want, just want the women's magazines to be less creative. I was like, give them a tornado hand job. What the fuck is that? But you don't have to keep reading, you can just throw shingles at dicks. <laughs> men's magazines get get better. Just every now and again, just be like, yeah, cufflinks for sure, but also clip your fingernails. That's all. <laughs> Know this. If a guy eats pineapple before you go down on him, yes, his cum will taste like cum still. (laughs) Stop trying to trick us with your cum. It's not 
Lots. Every guy read the same article. He's like, this one's going to be a really sweet batch. <laughs> this is the one that you're going to want to try. And I'm like, okay, do you think I'm a cum sommelier? <laughs> fruit. <laughs> like, this isn't even wine. This is just his balls. <laughs> Tastes like fruit. I think, if anything, I'm usually like... <clears throat> I'm drinking cum. I'm drinking cum again. It tastes like cum. You guys are great. Go down on a lady. Everyone go down. <laughs> That was fucking great. <laughs> that last line was controversial. <laughs> I had set it up earlier. I forgot that for a period of time, I would end sets by saying, everybody has to go down on a woman tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. How long ago was this recorded? This one was, I don't know, July? 7-12. Okay, yeah, July. It's part of the file name. Yep. <laughs> Sweet. That was fucking great. Song. Yeah, it's great. That's Thanks. awesome. I love when you, uh, when you uh, off you go into your specific, very specific hum. Uh, I love that. I, I, it never even occurred to me because um, because humming works uh, on, uh, on a on a pussy as well. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the vibration actually does uh, quite a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but it never occurred to me to have a melody. <laughs> <laughs> a melody. <laughs> I think it's funny um, that you're you say come. I think fifteen, sixteen, seventeen times. <laughs> I don't think I've yeah, heard come said so many times. Usually, come is like a punchline word. You're just like talking about the viscous nature of it, the, <laughs> like that. I I don't know. It's just really great. I love that. <laughs> and you seem to have a very good. Uh, <laughs> God, that sounds bad. I was gonna say you seem like well attuned to like understanding like a lot of cum. You in do your life. actually sound like a cum sommelier after all. <laughs> and that, and that goes what a great line. I don't know. It's just uh, yeah. Usually there's not such a like a dense cum bit. Um, <laughs> I've seen dense cum bits from guys, but they just gross me out because it's usually cum. like a jerk off. For yeah, yeah, right. right. I'm stuck yeah. on his phrasing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's great. Yeah, you have a very good like your your persona is so like, uh, or you're just personality and you're just like so light that like this was kind of like. I mean, it's it's in the same uh, like vein as Lisa Tra- Lisa Trigger, but, yeah, Liza yeah. Trigger, Lisa Trigger, Lisa Trigger, Lisa Trigger, the Trigger. Um, but I feel like you're you're so like just like fun and goofy. Mm-hmm. Like you approach it at two different angles that are both extremely effective, mm-hmm. and yours is just like this kind of like carefree. Silly, because you, you, it sounds like uh, you could like just at the end of any bit be like, oh, I'm just joshing with you guys. <laughs> something like that. I'm just but kidding. It's not divisive at I'm all. Even though I love me a sweet great. bat. Technically, yeah. you could get the same like negative reaction from the fellas that we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very disarming. Yeah. Uh, I think your, your, your tone, your approach is it, it, for this is essentially a smack, smack, smack to, mm-hmm. um, uh, to, to men's thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And to masculine culture, that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's almost—it's like you're doing it with a rubber chicken, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, you're doing it in a very silly, lighthearted yeah. way, as opposed to it's just not preachy. 
Yeah. Even though the content, if you wrote it out, totally preachy. <laughs> right. Yeah. It would sound like a manifesto. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think there were early, earlier versions of this joke. Of course. That did not. Well, this, the cum one has always worked because it's about cum. Everyone loves cum. I think I never got too serious on that one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say there were earlier versions that were preachier. Uh, I was I going was... to, and then I realized that, no, that one's always kind of worked, and I just kind of was able to tag that one forever, because it was something that I said naturally in conversation was really frustrated. Uh-huh. I said it out loud to somebody, and they what were like, oh, that's a bit. It was Sam, but he's like, I'm not, I don't want to, because this makes it now, it sounds like I'm saying like, that I don't oh, want to. <laughs> oh, I see, I see what <laughs> you're like, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So another comedian, you were yes. talking to another comedian. Yes. And, and we're, I don't know. I can't remember where it came from. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, it didn't. That's what I'm like trying to avoid. It didn't come from like us having me giving him a blowjob oh, and being like, grouse. Where it, it came was, from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and you were like, this is from. not the sweet batch you promised me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a bit. Not where it that's came. a bit. <laughs> Wait, salsa and pineapple juice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To neutralize the threat, Sam's comes great. Um, but this was <laughs> about, I think, just my experience as a woman. And I don't remember what triggered it, but I definitely said it in frustration out loud. And... He was like, oh, that's hilarious. Hilarious. That's a bit. You should be doing that as a bit. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. And it's such, such <laughs> and a gift. You when, can just keep uh, going. With when, it. Yeah. when somebody tells you that's a bit and yep. they're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, but I've had joke. preacher versions of other gender-based jokes that I've had to work on. It's just like it's a concept of just believing in it and being like, I know there's something funny here and I know I'm not neutralizing whatever threat it is yeah. uh, enough. I like that phrase you've used. That's you did. You've used it twice now. <laughs> neutralizing neutralizing threat. a threat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, almost like you are a comedy Navy SEAL. <laughs> or you're just like, oh, you, yeah. your comedy is like, uh, is like uh, habanero peppers and you have to like tag it with milk. With milk. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These like are both bread. great metaphors. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, what, I want to dig into that for a quick second because I think this is something you're really, really good at, um, neutralizing a threat. Do you, you think mm-hmm. in those terms? Yeah, clearly, you've said it twice now. So Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of my bits that don't work, it's because people that are about things like that, that, you know, that are funny, that I find there's something funny in them. It's, there's something that I'm not making okay with everyone, mm-hmm. as there's a lot of bits mm-hmm. that I didn't choose for this podcast because they're not ready you haven't made it okay enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's too much silence. There's not enough silly in the setup. Uh, and then once you find those lines, you're like, oh, thank God. Okay. And I can do this. Be harshly critical of somebody's identity or beliefs, which, I mean, what is more tightly held than gender, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and masculine, feminine roles. I mean, it, you need to make it okay mm-hmm. in order for people to feel free to laugh. Mm-hmm. Wasn't yeah. that the, one of the earlier terms is lasers in the jungle? Because you need to just, uh, get through a bit like you're dodging lasers in a jungle oh cool yeah so you have to make like whatever harsh thing it is you got to figure out how to make it through you got to do it i think i've definitely been guilty of not doing that and going you should be fine with this because it's funny Mm -hmm. as opposed to i i know this is instead of having a little bit more empathy which is kind of what you're doing you're like i'm empathizing with the fact that you're gonna find this threatening yeah yeah Yeah. And, and and dealing with that proactively yep that's great so cool. Mm-hmm. But a great bit. Anything else you wanted to t- talk about with this? Uh, did you ever have a longer act, act out as a come sommelier? <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I told that bit a little bit differently than I usually tell it. But yeah, there's a visual part of it that we didn't get to see where I'm, and this was given to me by <sighs> Sam, but he, I, I would sometimes like mime that I'm swirling a glass. <laughs> 
like a cum sommelier and he was like, oh, you should say that that's, um, yeah. that you're, that that's balls that you're swirling. As opposed so then to, you have that yeah, visual, yeah. which is so smart of him we to say. Should, it, since we've mentioned him a few times, Sam Evans is, uh, yeah. is a previous <laughs> guest on this podcast. Um, and I, is this public knowledge? <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. swallowed his cum. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're friends. They're very, very good friends. <laughs> we just taste each other's cums. What is your friendships like? I don't know. <laughs> a little potluck. Of <laughs> Only at Christmas. <laughs> uh, great. I think my mom's going to listen to this. And she knows it's fine uh, I, I, yeah now she gets the picture too <laughs> God damn. where you were like i want to practice that act out again <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> he's like i want you to practice that act out as well <laughs> great we had this is for your comedy career <laughs> come on let's talk about sex we would love your feedback harrison and i get emails messages people tell us how much they love the show it's been really overwhelming and awesome but i would also love to hear what you think we could improve what you might like to see us do i'm always optimizing always trying to make this thing better so please let us know you can let us know by emailing me at jeff at let's talk about sets.com that's just jeff at then the name of the show.com or you can send us something over instagram that the instagram handle is at Let's talk about sets. Twitter is at Let's Talk Sets. So send us what you think. You know, don't be a fucking asshole, but I would love constructive feedback. Thanks so much. Oh, one more thing. Please tell your friends, rate us on iTunes. Take a, just take a moment. Express your gratitude some way, some form, if you're digging what we're doing, because we love doing this and we want more people to hear about it. That said, this is, it's taking off and it's cool and it's because of you. Thanks. All right, let's play another bit. This is from Bill Burr. It's from his 2010 special, Let It Go. It's picked by Harrison. It's called, What Are You, a Fag? Yeah. <laughs> Harrison, <laughs> in anything you want to say before we play the bit? For some reason at the time when I listened to this, because I was in college, I was, and I still, it continues to be a frustration. It's kind of what we've been talking about, like men getting frustrated in within like feeling emasculated by comedy. All right, let's play it. So anyway, so I decided not to go home for the holidays. That's what I'm really trying to tell you here. No, I did. I kind of came to this epiphany. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm 41 years old. My dad had five kids by the time he's my age. I got to get on with my life here. So I was like going, you know what? I'm not, I'm not working Thanksgiving. I'm not working Christmas. I'm not working New Year's. And it was like the middle of October. I was like, wait a minute. What about Halloween? Then my brain was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm getting a pumpkin. Right? <laughs> That's how angry my brain is. It can't be just like, you know what? Hey, let's get a pumpkin. It's gonna be, you know what? Fuck this. Let's get a pumpkin. <laughs> That's what I started thinking. Carving that shit. I'm handing out candy to the kids. I'm meeting them at the door. Hey, what are you supposed to be, huh? Oh, yeah? Full-size Snickers. Bam! Who does that? Who does that? Nobody. Nobody. I will break your fucking bag with my candy. Huh? ACDC pumpkin, you ever seen that before? You haven't, right? You tell all your friends when you've seen that shit. Look at you, lean to one side, that's heavy. Here's another candy bar, you look like dumbbells. Walk right down the stairs. This is how much of a maniac I am. Do you know, this is all true. It took me four trips to go to the supermarket to finally be able to buy this goddamn pumpkin. 
Because every time I would walk in there to get it, I'd be thinking all these happy thoughts. This is a great thing. I'm embracing the holidays. It's going to bring me and my girlfriend together. This is a very loving thing to do when I'd reach out and grab it. And all I'd hear in the back of my head is, what are you, a fag? <laughs> immediately, I had to turn around and walk out. explain that joke to <laughs> functional people in the crowd. Let me explain this. Alright. This is how it works with guys. Anytime you do anything remotely sensitive, heartwarming, anything that's going to make you more of a loving, caring individual, immediately all your guy friends suggest that maybe, just maybe, you want to suck a dick. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Even if you do something smart, right? Like it's raining out. He's got an umbrella! What <laughs> oh my god! What are you afraid of the water? Put your shoulders up, you fucking homo! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Would you pull that thing out of your ass? <laughs> oh, it's brutal! It doesn't even have to make sense! You carved a pumpkin? What do you do next? Carve some guy's ass with your cock? What a fag! <laughs> What, are you gonna blow a scarecrow? Dude, get away from me with your gay little pumpkin. Oh, it's brutal. Dude, what are you a fag? Is the reason why guys drop at 55 out of fucking nowhere. It's literally from five decades of just suppressing the urge to like hug a puppy, admit a baby's cute, say you want a cookie. You just gotta keep pushing it down like, fuck that, I'm not sucking dick. and they forget to put bananas in your pancakes. You just have like an aneurysm and your head slams off that sticky table. And the last thing you hear before it all goes black is your friends go, he got bananas in his pancakes. What a fag. Oh my God, it wasn't sweet enough with the syrup, you fairy. Hey, bring another one over hole and shove it up his ass. Because it looks like a dick, right? It looks like a dick. Yeah, I thought it that I said it. I'm awesome. Ah. It's a horrible, horrible way to live your life. Oh my God. I, love, I love that bit so much. Uh, why'd you pick it, man? I think I've re- just realized, and I'll be more bald about it just uh, in general. I, I really like attacking men. I was just because I grew up with no siblings and it was just me and my mom and I but then I had a, like a core group of like male friends that I was constantly you know trying to you know we'd play basketball every day we'd like to we do all this shit and then there was so much like like emasculating like style bullying like the way not you mm-hmm. know like playful bullying but um and I just, I remember then I would just like come home and my mom would be like, well, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What it like? Yeah. And and I just remember being like, I feel like this is just such a better way to communicate. And then I would try to bring <laughs> that into my male friends. And then like a lot of them were fine and kind of similar to me in that way. But then these kind of guys are everywhere. And I remember one mm-hmm. time I was... It just, I love this bit because it brings up every guy I've ever been like just completely frustrated with speaking to mm-hmm. in my entire mm-hmm. life when in relation to like things like this. Um, and he, the thing of it when he's like, it doesn't even need to make a- yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, I remember, oh God, my friend got called, <laughs> my friend got called a faggot 
for saying he liked eating pussy. And <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Where's your mind, dude? You're so confused. And his validation was like, well, women have come. So it's like you're drinking your own cum. What? Like, but no, it's their cum. And they're a woman. <laughs> it's like pretty gay it was like so strange what? and i was like you don't even know what you're saying anymore i just love it i feel like this explains it in the most like it doesn't explain it but it just like shines a light on that kind of guy and mm-hmm. how ridiculous they're being and how yeah. much it oppresses it's like men he takes it on himself yes, too yeah. which yeah. is a brilliant tactic yeah mm-hmm. he like, takes it on himself Mm-hmm. Men oppress women and then also oppress their own emotions. Right. <laughs> like yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No one is happy with the way men are in the world. No. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I love this. The uh, I have a, a really, 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 really smart uh, friend in the UK mm-hmm. who we've been having this sort of back and forth because of that book I, I'm, I'm reading, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he said that one of the, his pet theories is that. The problems of the world uh, are primarily stemming from men's inability to reconcile their emotions with their masculinity, with what they Ooh. believe in is their masculinity. Yep. Yeah, uh, and I—that's what's happening throughout this entire bit. Yeah. Is they have these emotions. I, I want to pet a puppy. I want to carve a puppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. They uh, exist inside us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want I like to eat sweet things. Why yeah. can't I eat sweet things? I own an yeah. umbrella. That's like <laughs> how ridiculous it is. And the other piece of it is part of being a man, part of being a good man, a masculine man, uh, it is this constructed gender version, is you're not gay. Yeah, that's another piece of it. Yeah, it's two things at once he's going after here. It's crazy because I was thinking about it like it is the the angle is like technically like hetero like it's heteronormative thinking because he's like saying you get made fun of for being gay, but I don't think he's degrading. I mean, not degrading. No. He's not punching down at gay. I, I, I don't get that anyway. from it. Yeah, so like if it's really he's he's like he's like well this is what Boston's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah very. That is what Boston's like. <laughs> yeah. He's fantastic. He has that like uh, ability to. He has the delivery of just like a guy that you see at a construction site, just like having a beard, talking about uh, you know like women's asses walking by you. But then and then sometimes he does have these like things that are like very um, like edgy, bordering on like uh, ignorant or or whatever. But he always wins everyone back because he has this like he's so enlightened in his like core that he kind mm. of like. It balances with his just like disgusting upbringing and like ridiculous. Like <laughs> yeah. what he's going against was outweighed by his like fi- like philosophy on life, basically. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did this strike mm-hmm. you, Carmen? Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I thought the whole bit is just about how he's a prisoner of the patriarchy himself. Yes. And his expectations uh, of masculinity, people's mm-hmm. a prisoner of people's expectations for masculinity and how he reconciles that being brought up the way that he was. Um, and he's always been uh, what people I would call him like an angry comic. Yeah. I think like he he comes from a place of an emotional of anger, mm-hmm. and he yells. And I've Which always is found like him one of the interesting. only acceptable emotions that right. men are supposed to be right. able to have. Yeah, okay. exactly. And uh, it always makes me think of like because I always try to find a counterpart for women, and there aren't any. And I always ask people if they can think of any female comedians who are angry on stage. I think I've tried to be angry on stage, and it 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 goes really bad. 
Uh, so I think mm-hmm. a bit like this yeah. is interesting in that it would, I don't think it would work for women right now, yeah. mm. but I'm, I don't know. Do you know of any, cause he, I don't know. Or if he's, he is properly neutralizing threats and <laughs> I keep saying that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Trigger could get there. Can. Yeah. She's already like kind of like there's like a passion but behind what she's saying that's like kind of like yeah. and she's got this like like brass like it, I don't I don't know she I think she could get, go into anger and I'd, and everyone she would seems be a little angry to me I would say that and there's that not understandably really? yeah I catch that I to me it seems like she's she's angry about the situation but she's making light of it very successfully yeah like yeah, it comes I don't from know, a place I just, of anger. yeah. I mean, uh, often maybe. a or lot like of good comedy comes from frustration, anger, irritation, right. you know, yeah. um, a, a feeling of, I wish it, it weren't this way, right. whatever it is. I don't think she's performing angry, though. I no, think performatively, no. I, but, can't, but if, I can't think of a single woman who yells. That, though, I know he comes off as an angry comic. He's so joyful doing that thing. Right, yeah, and you have to be. You can't actually be angry, otherwise people will think you're angry, yeah, and yeah. then they'll and, be... And they'll be like, I'm sorry, upset. only Bill Hicks gets to do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He he talked about on an interview once, I might have brought this up on an on episode previous, uh, how, like, if you are angry at, like, the way he does stand-up at any point, you just, like, if you took Psych 101, you'd be like, oh, this is an angry guy that needs a hug. Yep. Like if you say yeah. something like for yeah. what like ex- yeah. like as a statement, yeah, mm-hmm. he's gonna sounds like an asshole. But mm-hmm. like, or, and I wouldn't say it sounds like an asshole from that, but um, mm-hmm. but he just like it's all you know, it's all for show. I think he he pulls it off, but I think I think he might be the only guy that pulls it off anymore. I think it might be in a mm. trope that like comedians, male comedians use a lot, mm-hmm. like in the nineties and eighties and mm-hmm. shit like that. It's starting to die mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's really hard to be angry on stage. I was mm-hmm. just talking to someone about this the other day. Um, and I have a joke that's similar to it. I was watching, there was a time when there was like a bunch of comedy couples breaking up <laughs> and I noticed the approaches that each person in the couple would do stand up to. And mm-hmm. it's, you can tell how things have changed because um, every time the guy would get on stage, he wouldn't bash wouldn't. the girl. Oh. He would just be like super. And this is the joke is that he's just like vaguely depressed. Uh. But everyone knows why if the, if it's a, a comedy venue that all yep. the like people are comedians. Yes. Well, but there's just like a sadness and they won't get into it. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. sometimes um, it would just uh, like there wouldn't even be an alluding to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. And then like the girls would be like. I'm going through a breakup yep. and this is, and they would name like, like, like he was a dick in this way. I did yeah. this to him and it would just go back and forth. But then there was something like the guy, maybe I've just been doing comedy in Brooklyn too long, but it was like, <laughs> no guys really were talking shit. I agree. That's, I've also seen that. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah. I didn't, that's, I think that's good. Yeah. You would see men like <laughs> just squirrel away, go to other places, work on something else really hard mm-hmm. and come back. And then the women would be like, I'm tackling this head on. This guy is an asshole. And everyone's like, okay, we like, yeah, respectfully we, we gotcha. agree or just, yeah. yeah. Can, I don't yeah. know. I think everyone was like good about backing up and not hating. Yeah. There's so much in this bit. And I, I, before we wrap up, I do want to tie it to some of the elements of the theme. What's happening here is he's dealing with the cultural legacy of what is gender, mm-hmm. what is masculinity. Mm-hmm. It's not just having a dick. Mm-hmm. It's anything that's not strong and anything that's not heterosexual is bad. Mm-hmm. And so you're constantly looking for things that have nothing to do with either of those things mm-hmm. and seeing if the connotation of... <laughs> 
pumpkin carving <laughs> might indicate that you uh, might be you might have some gay or you might be a little bit weak. Yeah. It, like it, and and there's so much of that. And Just the idea of being festive. Uh, yeah. It's like the root causes are so fucking, there's just like these small, tiny, like teardrops of emotions. It's like, hey, I might want to celebrate something. Faggot. Like that, like that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's I, crazy. I, I call this, by the way, I I have, I, I tackle this a decent amount from yeah. my perspective, uh, mm-hmm. which is I tackle what I, I call this straight fear, mm-hmm. uh, which I think only straight men have in our culture. Uh, which is not it's it's not homophobia. It's not the discomfort that you feel being around uh, homosexual men. It's uh, it's the the genuine fear of being thought of as gay, yeah. <laughs> straight uh, fear. Yeah, and that they can't like only men. You really... open with that a lot to get into your bisexual material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk about like... it a lot. Like it, that that like uh, um, I have a lot of bisexual material. Um, mm-hmm. And the uh, which is weird because he's not bisexual. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like just, why? Yeah, why I would I do that? So you're stepping over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I speak for women. I speak for gays. <laughs> yeah, I really, really dive in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you should hear my dog material. I really do a lot from their perspective. Uh, so um, I talk about straight fear because i see this what he's talking about what he's using here to get after not being able to be tender and sweet and soft and whatever as a man straight fear shows up as i can't enjoy show tunes (laughs) oh show tunes (laughs) i can't be tidy like when did that happen like like, when did tidy become gay how did that connotation occur like Uh why like grooming just grooming yourself yeah all of these things that straight men avoid so that and and then my favorite part of it is that the only people who care are other straight men women Mm. don't give a shit for the most part Mm -hmm. um like gay men don't care if if straight men are gay that much, uh, uh, straight like men all, and straight women are both hung up on either, like no, straight no, no. women and straight men. I, I've found that straight women in general, cause I've been, I've experienced it. My experience yeah. is that, is that straight women, if you're confident about it and you're fine with it, they're fine with it. No, no. I'm saying for both genders, straight women and, uh, care about straight women's opinions of them and mm-hmm. straight men care about straight men's opinions mm. but and that it, that holds us both that it's like well, um like uh like body shaming and stuff it's mm. it seems like it's coming it's a lot defending, from magazines that are def- written by straight women and then like male magazine i don't know it's I mean, they're it's defending similar. their they're, they're defending mm. the construction of gender they're mm-hmm. defending this identity trying mm. to, to protect it and protect it and protect it mm-hmm. so why this like this huge thing we're going through with like uh, gender with, with gender fluidity is like oh how dare you <laughs> and 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 peeling apart um, your sex and your gender and identify and so showing that gender is taught and it's learned um, and that sex is is a biological fact. Yep, it, it's a very difficult thing for people to see. Mm-hmm. One of them mm-hmm. is this part of an imagined order we all agree on, and right. the other one is an undeniable yeah you have a dick yeah uh, and so. What I, my my joke is that if straight if if gay men don't really care about it and and lesbians certainly couldn't give a shit whether you're gay or not as a man <laughs> like who cares less than them yeah. you're only posturing constantly for other straight men yeah. that's pretty fucking gay <laughs> <laughs> that's a great joke yeah. so I I don't know I I I'm fascinated with uh, his struggle yeah. to defend his masculinity in his head. 
against other straight men. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all to, to all because oh my god, what if someone thought I I were gay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I love how he takes down him himself as a man like constantly. Just in general, he like to, or not takes himself down, but takes himself down because he has fans that could be that kind of. You've heard his. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, you feel that way. Special. There's a part where he does gun like a gun control bit, mm-hmm. and then he's like he like lets the gun nuts say their things to him, and then he just like argues against it. He loves like having an audience that he can kind of like bash and. Um, yeah. enlighten like at once and bash himself. He has that bit, and then dis- and then then deny he's doing any enlightening whatsoever. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Uh, I, I don't yeah. read. I'm not your leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 shut up. So <laughs> Even that is in here. He does that uh, at one point. He just goes. He goes. They, that's why men drop dead at 55. And he starts clapping. He goes. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> Banana in the ass. Yeah, like a dick. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the the so idea funny. that he's dead and his friends are shoving him. <laughs> <in his ass. laughs> it takes it so far. It is fun. Straight men are brutal. I went to my friend's funeral. <laughs> we just still shat on him for being fat before he died. We we're like, we're probably gonna drop this guy's kid. It was like so unabashedly uh, mean. And yet, oh, and yet, there's, there is too. some love yeah. in that. I mean, oh, it yeah. was all with love. Like yeah. the, the ribbing that you do with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not all just like, but it, he's showing this gentle, fun ribbing that you do with your friends to be. Oh, this is this is the the prison. What mm-hmm. did you say? Prison of the patriarchy. Yeah, prison of the patriarchy. Ooh, like prison that. of uh, expectations of masculinity. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. my my friend <laughs> calling me, telling me that this guy. This is before the funeral. Calling me, crying, telling me it was like we were all like kind of like best friends. They were really close friends, and then me and the guy calling me were really good friends. And, um, but they're, they're from North Carolina. They're like, you know, they're, we, we say retard more fluent, <laughs> uh, frequently. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, that word. But they would, he would be like, he would be like, Nate, you fucking retard, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And then it was so, it was sad, but in retrospect, it was so, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about. He called me and he was like, yeah, so like, uh, Nate, um, Nate, uh, uh, got in a car accident last night. He died. Uh, he was drinking and he he died. Um, that fucking retard, man. Like, and he just like oh. he tacked on that like kind of like overcompensating, oh. like I uh, like unabat like bashing someone for being like an idiot right. in this like way that he had, mm-hmm. but just like a, attach <laughs> it to like his actual death. It was very, it was very yeah. crazy to just kind of. I just thought about that just now. So <laughs> and then you guys carved it. a pumpkin. I <laughs> carved my friend's ass all with my cock. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. I, hey, thanks for listening to our show. You're all welcome. If you want to find more out about our guest, head to letstalkaboutsets.com and check out our show notes. We also have lots more episodes organized by theme and by the comedians that we discuss. You can get our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing to the podcast. Do it now on Apple Podcasts or however else you get your fix. Check out Carmen Lagala by following her on Instagram. That's at Carmstagrams. C-A-R-M-S-T-A-G-R-A-M-S. That's in the show notes. She's also on Twitter. That's just Carmen Lagala, at Carmen Lagala. And you can check out our website, too, www.carmenlagala.com. And uh, what, do you have stuff to plug? 
Oh, sure. Uh, there's that sketch group, All Female Reboot. We do really funny sketches, things like um, turning a movie on its head, Passive Aggressive Fight Club, things like that. It's very fun. <laughs> it's, it's super fun to watch. Um, Is that monthly? That's We do sporadic dates. We have okay. that Facebook page, All mm-hmm. Female Reboot, kind of different dates, different different times, different places. And the Facebook page is what again? All Female Reboot. Okay. Facebook.com mm-hmm. forward slash All Female Reboot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have a show January 25th mm-hmm. at Littlefield. It's going to be Puppets Present. It's a it's a show. <laughs> it's going to be a one-off show I'm doing uh-huh. with my friend Kelsey Kane where we oh, have, yeah, we are hosting and we're also being puppets. So we're hosting as puppets as well. <laughs> okay. We'll have some really big people on there. Awesome. Be very fun. B- bigger than puppets. <laughs> It'll just be, yeah, just Sesame Street characters. Very funny stand-up comics. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And a big special thanks to Lisa Traeger and also Bill Burr. And if you want to support the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and write a badass review. If you want to write directly to me, that's Jeff at Let's Talk About Sets.com. Don't be a dick. You can also tweet us at Let's Talk Sets. And as always, a big, huge, just ah, loving tongue kiss to Salt and Peppa for creating the original version of the song that we've so fairly modified and we use as the titular pun theme song for our show. Sets! Let's talk about sets! Let's talk about sets! Let's talk about sets!